Hello everyone, welcome to Word with Dave Clay. This podcast, I'm not sure where to begin. Let's go with the pain first. It's like uh, instrumental. Uh, you can't really have a lot of good stuff until you go through the pain. So let's get that over with. Let's eat your, the stuff you don't like so you can get, your, get to your dessert. Pain is in of itself a terrible thing. Chronic pain is in and of itself a very difficult, makes life very difficult and a very difficult, difficult experience to endure. Uh, I understand that uh, some pain, I believe, is worse than others, and certainly there's levels of disability as to the degree of impairment that goes along with the pain or how the pain would impair somebody, preempt them from doing certain things such as would be part of living life. But one thing is probably common when you get to a place of chronic pain, regardless of how you would try to measure it, scales of one to ten, some way to describe it in terms of disability or impairment, One thing is for sure, if it becomes your primary reference for your entire existence, everything you do in life, then the expectation of that, the horrible, difficult aspects of that, even as I've declared them thus far on the podcast today, will shadow your life. That lens to look at yourself and your life, that becomes the standard for your life, really makes it part of who you are in such a way that it becomes part of your personality, means that your life is never going to really be very good. You're going to be focused on all the pain and the disability and the difficulty and the horrible aspects of that. It's hard to see good things from that. And with that, then, you may be left to try to explain why your life is so awful and horrible, why it's come to this. What did you do to cause this? What was it about you? Or what was it about life? Or what was it about fate? Or whoever set this up that it always turns out so ugly and horrible and bad? And (laughs) it would be bad enough if it ended there. Everything you touch, everyone you see, again, through that filter, influences your choices and decisions. And you can almost get to the place where you just want to quit living. And would that not be ultimately? Some might say, oh, that'll be relief. No. (laughs) Life is indeed a gift. Um, I once more would never want to think I would have to, someone else would have to, you would have to live your life with such pain. But don't become so preoccupied with it that you want to end your life because what that means is your judgment, your attempt to try to figure it all out, sort it all out, understand it all, maybe even so it would be with the best of intentions to try to find an answer that will satisfy 
that will release you from the bondage of such thinking? It's still, every time you think about it, it's going to take you right back to that point where you come to the conclusion there's really no answer. Appreciating, I did not know where to start the podcast today, then please accept. I'm going to go to a completely different place for a moment. I saw her today at the reception, a glass of wine in her hand. I thought she would meet her connection. At her feet was her footloose man. I saw her today at the reception, a glass of wine in her hand. I knew she was going to meet her connection. At her feet was her footloose man. And I went down to the demonstration to get my fair share of abuse, singing, we're going to vent our frustration. If we don't, we're going to blow a 50-amp fuse. Sing it to me, honey. I went down to the Chelsea drugstore to get your prescription filled. I was standing in line with Mr. Jimmy, and man, did he look pretty ill. We decided that we would have a soda, my favorite flavor, cherry red. I sung my song to Mr. Jimmy, yeah. And he said one word to me, and that was dead. I said to him, You can't always get what you want. Well, no, you can't always get what you want. I tell you, you can't always get what you want. No. But if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. I saw her today at the reception, and her glass was a bleeding man. She was practiced at the art of deception. Well, I could tell by her blood-stained hands. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you just might find, you just might find, you get what you need. Now, I took some liberty because, <laughs> for the most part, I did not read the chorus between... I guess the other lyrics of the song and kind of saved it to the end. For those of you who've been around long enough, you know that the lyrics of the song, as well as the song itself, was written by two gentlemen, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. And they were core to the infamous band, Rolling Stone. And this song was released in 1969 on an album entitled Let It Bleed. You can't always get what you want. Now taking nothing away from the seriousness of pain, horrible, difficult, chronic pain doesn't go away. And then this idea that somehow a song could capture an answer in such the way that this one does. Those two worlds may seem so apart, disparate, that you would not either think I was being serious or you would kind of just disregard anything I have to say beyond this point because you'll say to yourself, well, 
that makes no sense, and he's just trivializing it. No, I'm trying to do what I think is the only answer to chronic pain and the possibility that you could have to live your life with this burden, uh, all this difficulty that goes along with it, and still find some degree of satisfaction. Now, as is the custom on the podcast, I also like to go to Psychology Today and read an article. And with that, I like it because it's credible and kind of grounds us a bit and gives us something to talk about. The article I've chosen today, though, out of the Psychology Today Today edition, January, February 2023, is Make Peace with Yourself. Life is uncertain, and we don't always get what we want. And that's by Tony Bernhard, J.D. We need to be honest with ourselves about the human condition. Everyone is subject to injury and illness as part of being alive. For me, being alive is a gift, even if a mysterious one. That means I want to find ways to live a rich and fulfilling life. But there's no way around it. My chronic illness has drastically limited what I can do. If we had control over our lives, we'd make sure that all our experiences were pleasant ones. But we don't get what we want, or we get what we don't want. This may sound like a dark view. It isn't. I'd rather know what to expect than live in ignorance and be continually disappointed when things didn't turn out as I had wished. Accepting that life is uncertain and unpredictable And that we don't always get our way opens the door to living with equanimity. A calm and balanced state of mind that accepts with grace whatever comes. This is a tall order, but it's also the path to peace. If the idea of feeling happy for others who are out and about having a good time sounds foreign to you, it's not a surprise. The English language doesn't even have a word to describe this feeling. If you try this, it may help you feel better about your limitations. Start by bringing to mind someone who's happy about something that you don't crave yourself, such as winning a sporting event or an Academy Award. As you think about that person's joy, try to feel happy for that person. Once you're able to do that, move on to feeling happy when a loved one is joyful about something. We forget that we should be kind to ourselves. This is the best way to ease mental suffering. Many people find it easy to be compassionate toward others, but are their own harshest critics. They don't think they're deserving of their own kindness. But there's never a valid reason to be unkind or harsh with yourself. Of course, you can learn from your mistakes, but learn and move on. Don't get stuck in negative self-judgment over what you should or what you said or did. It's hard enough to struggle with your health every day. Don't force yourself to struggle with self-criticism too. Again, make peace with yourself. Life is uncertain and we don't always get what we want. By Tony Bernhard, J.D. 
He's a former law professor at the University of California and California Davis and is the author of How to Be Sick. Now, I can't speak to chronic illness or chronic pain personally because I don't suffer in that way, chronic illness or chronic pain. I want to always be credible on the podcast. I began with the reference to chronic pain because I knew, as I had read the article in Psychology Today and was beginning to sort of formulate what it was that we were going to chat about on the podcast, I knew that someone who did was going to be able to say it in a bit better way maybe than even I could say it. But when I did read the article, I began to understand it was not about his pain that Tony was speaking of. It was about how he responded to the circumstances that he had been given. And rather than falling into the trap of trying to judge it, figure out why somebody or something, fate, did this to him, or even so, and he brings up a really, really important point that I have yet to acknowledge on the podcast, but it's central to whatever work I do in psychological counseling terms to help people who have unfortunately not only gotten to a point or place in their life of chronic pain or disease or illness, but worse than that, began to see their life through that lens as the reference or standard as to the basis for whatever their experiences and their choices of life would be. He said it so well that if we're not careful, we don't always end up just blaming others, but ultimately the only way to regain some sense or semblance of control is to blame ourselves. And when you don't feel like you have any then even in blaming yourself contentment, any peace that comes from that, the only thing that's left to you the only thing that many will come to the conclusion you can control is your life. And with that, since you didn't really ask to be born or have to live with this condition, in protest, you could basically say, well, I'm just going to kill myself. I don't know that everyone who has chronic pain or who even falls into that trap of judgment and then self-judgment and then, as the article, Tony Bernhard explained it, self-criticism, self-loathing. I suppose not all of them end up killing themselves, but that's a pretty, once again, dark and pessimistic and fatalistic and negative way, but it's reflective of really the terms, the paradigm shift from a life that's built upon or constructed of life, not only quantity, but once again, as I'm very fond of saying on the podcast, quality of life, but it turns, the shift turns to such negativity that your whole life is predicated upon the negatives, the bad, The woe is me. The next thing that's going to happen. 
And I, again, don't feel I could say anything to that without having lived that in that way of chronic pain or chronic illness. Dr. Bernard could because he has a chronic illness, but he gets me back to the Rolling Stones. There's probably no one, at least on the surface, that seems to be so far removed from such a fatalistic or negative perspective than would be the Rolling Stones and the success that they've enjoyed and had since 1969 and even before. But 69 when this song, You Can't Always Get What You Want, was written. Because as much as the lyrics speak to anything, it is an acknowledgement that even for the Rolling Stones, or most of us, even those of us who don't have chronic pain, even for those of us who may not then have a chronic illness, there is probably an illness that we all share, and it's called, we're going to die. And if you focus your whole life upon either chronic pain or the pain that goes along with living, now this goes back to the article, or even the notion that fatalism is all about dead, dying, acknowledge that, or said that a moment ago, or even as Mick Jagger and Keith Richards captured it with the lyrics of this song, Mr. Jimmy had just one thought in mind, dying, dead, doesn't mean you can't protest. It doesn't mean you can't complain. It doesn't mean that you are wrong to ask the questions. But in psychological counseling terms, it really doesn't do anything except call your attention more to the fact that you've got pain and a chronic disease and in the end we're all going to die. That's not probably the best way to enjoy your life. Yes, it is an acknowledgement of that reality. But at the same time though, rather than focusing on yourself in that echo chamber of effects, continue to remind yourself by such focus on your pain or your illness, the infirmity, the disability that goes along with it, how it's restricted your life, how you can't do things you used to do, Maybe there's some value in seeing it through somebody else's eyes. Maybe it's really good then to stop thinking so much about yourself and begin to think about others. Maybe it could be a way out of the conundrum that represents or the fatalism or the conclusion that we're all going to die. At least for the time that we have, won't it be nice to get out of your own head? Won't it be nice to be a bit distracted from the chronic thump or, or the chronic sort of drumbeat of your pain and your disability. And once more, all that goes along with that to the detriment, to the detraction or taking away from your life. You're not bound psychologically to that. That's your interpretation. That's your judgment. That's the point of the article. That's the point of the song. It all depends on who you are and how you're going to look at it. I I have no idea beyond what I've stated already of who Mick Jagger or Keith Richards had in mind when they were talking about Mr. Jimmy or even so any of us. (laughs) 
as the song starts. I saw her today at the reception, a glass of wine in her hand. I thought she would meet her connection and her, at her feet was her footloose man. But I do want to say this, whatever he was looking for, it seems like there was some element of concession. Uh, it's not what I want. You can go protest it in the street. It's not what you want. But if you can only see it from your side of it, you're denying the fact that there may be others who indeed have some of those things. Maybe not so much even what you want, but the very thing that all of us want is joy to enjoy some aspect of life. Why would you deny yourself the opportunity to experience joy with somebody else even if you can't find it with yourself and should you be able to find it in somebody else? Maybe that will... And and that's not just a somebody else. It could be others, other things, other lives. Maybe that would help you to kind of then either at least get some relief... But to realize life does not have to come down to a particular mindset psychologically that's built upon or constructed with this sort of notion of fatalism and negativity and pessimism and pain and illness and disease and even death. There's plenty of things out there that that can be enjoyable along the way without having to lie to yourself that, yeah, there's pain, but it's a balance. And maybe that's the only thing that we have that gets us through is the comfort that comes from being able to get outside of our own heads. To see things outside of the limitations and certainly imagination and psychology and hope and aspiration and all of that. Seeing it life and other people and their being alive that's joyful <laughs> it's contagious and you start to see it through their eyes and maybe it'll change how you look at your life and though those things won't go away but your choice would not be to in that once again echo chamber effect Start to narrow your perspective so much that all you can see is the bad and no good. It's a wonderful thing about innocence, right? Kids, it's that they give us a chance when we pay attention. And with their innocence, it's a bit contagious. They don't look at things in that judgment sort of way, possibly, because they are yet really able to see it for all that it is. But retain that. It's not all. Life is not about proving how messed up you are or how horrible it is or how painful it is or how wrong it is or how unjust it is, whatever measure of self-judgment. It's really about enjoying the experience. I don't want to get into too much hedonism on that. It's not all about pleasure. The article points that out. But there's got to be some balance or you're not going to find peace. The author, again, Tony Bernhardt, breaks it down into three component parts. Make peace with your circumstances. Learn to be happy for others. And make self-compassion your priority. 
But only in that order, once you learn to let it go and to engage in those that are still living, in the lives of those that are still living and can see it with some hope and optimism, are you going to rightly be able to see yourself? And with that, turn off the judgment. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging the world. Stop judging the world. Stop judging yourself. Because it's true. Life is so much bigger than you. Life is so much awesome than you. Life is not all about you. And the more you let it, allow it to be about other things, other than you, and should you even survey life in that way about other things, it doesn't always come back to you. That's narcissistic. It's the echo chamber effect. It will do nothing but amplify what you're already thinking. You need somebody to help you have compassion for yourself in the right sort of way, rather than pity, compassion. Now that's a tough thing to say to somebody, and certainly you do that with respect to the other person and and their feelings, and it takes a bit of more than just what we've been able to do on the podcast today to get someone to that place. But I think we all admit pity is not living. Pity is feeling sorry for yourself. And then that, the further you go in that, down that road, to justify why you're feeling so bad, you have more pity. But the more pity, the worse you feel. I do think getting outside of yourself and understanding compassion is really your connections with the people around you. It's empathy, it's perspective taking, it's all the good things about love. It's really the only way that you learn to rightly love yourself is through the eyes of someone else. So you're not preoccupied with all your failings. And that is also one of those other things that, though we may not all have chronic illness, other than death, or chronic pain, we all have the challenge, though, of learning to love ourselves. But you can't do it out of yourself. You have to do that in the dimension of compassion, loving others. But that's what we try to do in the psychological counseling context, is help you to see yourself through a more objective lens and not so fixated or preoccupied with the negative. You can't see the positive. And with that, call your attention to all the negative will lead to nothing but feeling sorry for yourself and pitiful. But if you can start to open yourself up to loving others, you'll discover that their standard helps you to have better love for yourself and compassion for yourself. And that is the best way to avoid that trap again of negativity. And I do think it requires somebody who's brave enough maybe to say it the way I said it. That's why I wasn't really sure where to start. Because possibly there's no way to get to where we've gotten to. Uh, Especially when you say what we've just got through saying or I just got through saying. There's no easy way to get there except to just realize you're your own worst enemy when it comes to the psychology of Dealing with chronic pain and chronic illness and even life. 
Don't be Mr. Jimmy. <laughs> Don't go seeking some sort of answer without some degree of sacrifice. You don't have to let other people kill you. And once again, you've got every reason and right to express yourself. Just realize, though, that dead is dead. And don't do that sooner than you have to. Life is a gift. It is a blessing. (laughs) It's something good. You connect yourself with it, and all of a sudden, you start to feel better. It's what we're designed for, living Not to be so preoccupied with death that we prematurely settle for it, see it, everything in context of even that, dying, or kill ourselves sooner than we have to, or each other, out of the anger or the bitterness because somebody did this to me. That judgment doesn't do anything but bring more anger, and with that, I think, hatred and malice, and it's just not a good place to be. Hopefully, the podcast is a good place to be. Hopefully, if you need assistance, seeking help from somebody who will hopefully, in the greatest of spirits of hope, that spirit of hope, be able to offer optimism, a way out of that sort of echo chamber, narcissistic sort of perspective, that you'll go see them. Uh, And should you want to find somebody, Psychology Today, go online, has a great directory of providers. You can also reach out to me and I'll do anything I can in any way I can to assist in any measure to help you feel better, to get better. You can email me at the email address that's uh, listed or that's part of uh, my bio on the uh, podcast uh, page on the platform. Uh, you can directly email me at the word house at frontier.com. You can call 304-523-9673 word. You can visit our website as at thewordhouse.com. But whether you reach out to me directly or someone else, please come back for our next episode of Word with Dave Clay. And until we do get a chance to meet again, I want to wish you good health as well as good psychological quality mental health. Thanks.